Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to get together this week and discuss important things. And Lord, I just thank you also that we have this group, that each person that is here, Lord, has such a desire to work with the youth. Um, I thank you for that. Um, we pray, Lord, that we will stay connected to you through the Holy Spirit and that that connection will help us connect to our young people. Um, we pray for wisdom when we're teaching. We pray for patience when we work with difficult ones. We pray especially, Lord, for your love. We pray that, that your love will shine through us as we work with young people. Be with us now today and help our discussions and help us to learn from each other and from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed, but yes, we kind of switched the days. Um, yesterday was supposed to be in-class time and giving you ideas, and today was supposed to be what happens after, and that's what we did yesterday because they switched the canoe trip. So um, today we're going back to um, what happens in the classroom and what in the, in the Sabbath school room and, and ways that we can... I have the three C's up here, ways we can connect with our young people, ways to communicate, and what we learned on the first day is communication is two-way, so ways that we can communicate and they're comfortable communi communicating back to us, and then comfort. We'll talk about those three things. Um, connecting. Do you ever find it difficult to connect to young people? Um, has, and maybe some are, I mean, obviously some are easier than others to connect with, um, but sometimes there's some that you're like, man, I just, I just can't seem to connect with that person. And maybe you're not the person that is going to connect. So um, if you have other people in your class, in your Sabbath school, maybe the other person connects better. You know, you're not always, I mean, you see that with everybody you're with. You connect better with some people and not as much. So if, you're, if it's difficult for you to connect, maybe find someone else that can connect to that person um, and that, that youth, that young person, and, um, and get them to connect and then maybe they can connect you. You know, it's, it's, it's gonna be, you gotta be creative, right? So um, in order to connect to our youth, we need to understand our youth. And that's not always easy. Do you, have, has any of you guys, have you figured out that when it comes to nominating committee, that oftentimes this is the most difficult position to fill? Working, oh, I can't do that. I can't work with that. I can't work with that age. Every church I've been in, it's been, oh, we can't find anybody to work with the youth. Um, the church I'm at now didn't have a, like a high school age Sabbath school for five years. Um, they either stayed in early teen or they jumped them up to young adults, 400-member church. So when we came there, it's like, where's the class? Oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't have one. And they said, you know, it, it kind of goes in waves where they had a lot of high school age and then not as many, and then, they, you know, it kind of goes in waves. So they said, um, you know, we just didn't really have that age. Well, we, they went and did a survey and found out there were, I think, 15 to 20 high school age kids at that time. Um, in the church. So we started a young adult, or we started a high school age. It's 9 to 12th grade. Um, we have probably 15. 
Well, probably now it's up to 20 because we just had a bunch of eighth graders coming in. So there's probably an average of 20 kids that come in. And um, one of the big problems when, they, when, when I asked why was, well, we don't have people that want to do that age because they, they don't understand them, they don't connect. You know, these, it's, yeah, there's a fear. Like, yeah, I'm going to get embarrassed. Yeah. And like we were talking about on Monday, it's like they, they would say, well, I can't talk to kids for an hour. And that's not what we do. You know, we're not preaching to the kids, we're facilitating, right? Okay, so um, in order to connect, um, we need to be more observant. We need to learn. Study, you know, get on there and say, what are young people liking today? What are they doing? How are they feeling? Um, Generation Z, um, connect with that book. Um, Chad gave it to me to read. Um, that will help you to understand, because it is different. It is different than when we were young. and and. A lot of times I hear, oh, kids today, you know, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. We need to stop condemning and we need to start connecting. Um, and Because if we just say, oh, you know, those kids, they're on their cell phones all the time, um, that's not going to, they're not going to feel welcome at all. So we need to be observant and, yes, um, Generation Z, I think that's the name of it. Z. No, Z, Z, yeah, Z, yeah, yeah. Let me just give you a couple examples, um, and then we are going to be sharing today too. Yeah. It's Meet Generation Z. Meet. That's the whole title. Okay, Meet Generation Z. Good. Yeah, it's good to good to read that and help. It'll help you to understand. And we and Ellen White says that I don't have a quote, but she says you know we need to. We need to understand, we need to get to know our youth um, so we know what we're, we're doing and we know how to connect and we know how to connect them to Jesus. We're not just trying to connect them to us. We're connecting them, we're connecting with them so we can connect them to Jesus. So um, let me just give you a couple examples of being observant. Many years ago I worked in, come on in. Many years ago, I worked in um, an adolescent rehab center, and we had this boy that would come in, and, um, and every time we had group therapy, he would come in, and he would have, you know, his morning was great, breakfast time was fine, you know, he was in a good mood, he came into the group, he was just fine. And so we'd sit down, we'd start the group, he'd introduce himself, he would be he would be fine. We'd pull out some material. Okay, can you read this? Can you do this? Can you? When that, as soon as that started, he erupted. He got angry. He would make some issue, and he would storm out of the room, slam the door. He was gone. I was like, okay, we got to figure this one out. What, what's happening here? Um, and we, what we found out was he didn't know how to read. And so every time it got to the point where he thought maybe we would ask him to read. Um, he would, he would um, distract, and he would um, come up with some reason he was angry just so that he, could, he wouldn't have to read. And he had learned this all the way through school, you know, ways to distract um, and, and not have to read. And so we figured that out, and we knew we could keep him in the group then if we didn't ask him to read. And, and, and he knew we weren't going to ask him to read, and we... You know, we got him a tutor to start learning how to read. And 
So um, right there, you know, you could think, oh, he's just got anger problems and I can't deal with him. And, and so recently, actually, I had something like that similar in our Sabbath school room where uh, every time we'd say, okay, let's pull out our Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, let me give you one, you know. And so every time I would come up to this boy to hand him the Bible, I don't want that, you know. And so what's your first reaction? You're going to act that way to the Bible? You know, I mean, that, that's... That's a typical reaction, right? You know, you don't even want to hold this Bible? You know, here, take the Bible, you know, and you can do that. But um, because, of, because of what I have seen before with people who are uncomfortable reading, even, even uncomfortable, they can read, but maybe they're uncomfortable reading out loud, um, I thought, oh, there's something, something. So I never asked him to read. And later I found out he was dyslexic and, he, and he's not able to read. Um, he doesn't read. Um, and in fact, one time we were um, writing out cards for, some, for a family that had um, a tragedy in their life. And he came up to me and he said, I put an X. Is that OK if I just put my initials and an X there? And I said, that's fine. That's fine. Great. Do what you, you want to do. Um, and so he's, now he's, he's more comfortable that he knows he's not gonna be put on the spot and he's not acting out. Um, there's a similar situation where um, there was abuse in the family and anytime there was a discussion about anger or you know, is it okay, one time some, one of the kids says, is it okay to be angry at God? And he immediately went, no, 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 no. I said, oh, okay, there's an issue right there. Well, later I found out there was abuse happening in his house where his father was, had anger issues, and um, that was taken care of. The father's no longer in the home, and he's just a different boy. So, you know, you have to be observant and, and not just immediately think this person is trying to, you know, this person's just defiant. This person is, is just trying to cause trouble. This person, you know, get to the heart issue figure out what's happening um, because I don't think they really want to be that way. And you can connect with them by finding out about, and that's where, you know, we said outside of the, the Sabbath school room, you know, invite them over, you know, do some outings where you can live life with them, you know, outreach. And, and you find a lot of things with that. Um, I have a lot more examples I could give you of things that happen, like a boy falling asleep every week, and then I found out he had medical issues. And you know, some of the people in there were like, you should, you should just wake him up, and you should, you know, I said, you know, I'm happy he's here. I'm happy he's coming. And uh, eventually, um, he started staying awake in Sabbath school um, and, and participating. But you know, if we had gotten on him right away and started giving him issues, and you know, if you're not, if you're not going to stay awake, don't come back or whatever. You know, if we had said that kind of stuff to him, um, we would have lost him for sure. But now he's very involved, so we're happy about that. So the next one is communication. You know, how do we? How do we get the kids, in, and I'm, you know, you can talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, but when we're sitting in a classroom, we had a lot of examples um, day one when we did Sabbath school and, and the other two days, too, of how do you get the kids to open up. Do you remember when you guys came in the first day and we had a question on the board? Um, it was a question, just a simple question of how do you communicate with your best friend? Now, that's not difficult. And you, and you probably have a best friend or you have a friend. And so that's easy for them 
to start talking about that. So um, I think we mentioned this, start with a question that's easy, but that it's not just a yes or no, but it's something that they can respond to and that they can talk to their friend sitting next to them or, um, and that way you get them talking uh, and you, you have their attention because they're focused on one question and then you can go deeper. You know, once you get them, then you can go a little deeper and uh, maybe a little deeper and a little deeper. And, um, but that's what gets them opening up uh, to communicate. Um, and then, <laughs> my favorite, this is the mom and the counselor in me coming out. Um, but in order to connect and to communicate, um, we need them to feel comfortable. We need it to be a safe place for them where they can feel like they can open up and they can talk. And maybe you, you know, as a teacher, you know how to make it a safe place and you can, you can relate to them safely, but then you also have like the other kids in the class. I don't know if you've had this with yours, you know, if somebody does open up and say something, sometimes they get laughed at or picked on. Um, what do you do in that kind of situation? Has anyone had that happen where the kids kind of make fun of each other? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Maybe somebody's sitting next to them and, and they'll go, you know, they'll like, oh, come on, you know, you don't want to say that. You, you, you don't necessarily have to address the person making fun. You can address the person that said something and said, thanks so much for sharing that. that that's really helpful. And then even throughout the thing, come back and relate to it again. Thanks, Ken, for, for sharing. Remember when, Ken, when you said, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about. So if you keep affirming that person, the other students in the room are going to say, oh, oh, okay. You know, they like it when I open up and talk. And because making fun of them, the other kids making fun of them, they're just uncomfortable, you know, and they're just like, you know, uh, let's make it funny so that we don't have to make it so serious. Um, you get that in, in the Sabbath school too. Um, because they don't want to get serious. Um, my husband, Randy, he showed me this, this circle, this circle, uh, and I loved it. I loved it, and I said, oh, I can so relate to this. This is perfect. Um, in the middle, you have your comfort. That's your, your com where you feel comfortable. You're, you're, um, you're safe. And that's, you know, all, you know how you talk about, like, this is my comfort food, or that's fine. This is where you're feeling just really, really comfortable. Um, however, if you really want them to learn something, um, you need to get them, to, in order to learn um, and to enhance the learning, you need to get them a little bit, out, you know, you need to get them out of that comfort zone. Do we push them out of the comfort zone? We nudge them. Remember how we talked about nudging? Let's nudge them out of their comfort zone where they can start to learn. Because if you keep them in the comfort zone, it doesn't enhance the learning. And we want them learning in Sabbath school, right? Have you ever been in a situation where, or, uh, just tell me, tell me um, uh, your comfort place. Where do you feel really comfortable? A situation. Or were you just feeling, anybody? <laughs> <clears throat> work sometimes. Okay. All right. You're comfortable at work. Where do you think the youth are most comfortable? Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. They all come in like this, right? They all come in. 
their, it's their comfort. It's their, it's their little, you know, and so in order, and if you come in and say, you put the phones at the door, you know, I don't want any phones, cell phones out, put the phones at the door. You're immediately pushing them into what? Panic. Panic. Yeah. Yeah. So can you think of any other ways that you might push them into panic? Okay. Yeah. So we want them to feel comfortable. We want them in a safe place. What does a safe place in your Sabbath school look like? What does your Sabbath school look like and feel like to make it safe? Just discuss that. Here's what I want you to do. Discuss it at your little quads. And I want, I want to ask and come up with several ideas because maybe someone will take your idea, but I'm going to have one idea from each quad on what does it look like to have a comfortable Sabbath school room. Okay, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna start right here. You guys, give us one, one, one way to make your Sabbath school a comfort place, a safe zone. Everybody's acceptable or accepts everybody else in the group. Okay. If everybody gets along, everybody understands everybody. You can eliminate a majority of all the other things that we've already talked about. Like somebody comes up with an idea, and then everybody starts picking on them and laughing right. about it. Right. Right. Everybody's understands everybody else, they all get along. Respect. The respect is there. Yeah. You can eliminate a lot of Yeah. So that's what you would have to think about then is how am I going to make the Sabbath school room that way? You know, if this is happening, what can I do? And we could have a whole another session on that. <laughs> okay. All right, what about you guys? One idea. <laughs> I think probably the common theme was just friends, sitting with friends, that's a comfort Sitting with friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you were saying. yeah. So do you think the seating has anything to do with it? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think so, at least in our room, because it's, it's like a school setting, you know, all the yeah. in rows, and so, the, you know, they'll have a group here, and they have a group here, and yeah. here. Like you were saying, you have couches in the back, so yeah, we, yeah. some that are sitting in the back or something like that. Right, yeah. We have couches. We have a long room, and we have, like, two sectionals that face, you know, our screen when we show stuff. Um, and they come in, whoosh, yeah. you know, they just all, and they will pile eight kids on one couch. And, you know, it's, they can fit that many, but they're, they're yeah. So they, you know, that's like, ah, oh, I'm going to the couch, yeah. Uh, okay, great, thanks. You guys, one idea. Um, one that Sharon was saying was, give, give the kids a way out. You know, they're trying to read and you know, right. work out the bat, but they're not willing. And oh, hey, we skip the next person. Exactly. And that's being observant and understanding. We, we talked about a couple of things. In, in our class, we went to a round table. Okay. And everything. And even though the round table is smaller, they will pack in around the round yeah. table. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's like, you know, like family style eating, you know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. We have pass. If you don't want to read today, you can just say pass and go to the next person. Okay, good. She has a revamped theirs into a whole different program. Do you want to share? You know, well, I, I work with basically a class is one sibling group. Okay. Age 14 to 17. Yeah. And, oh, a year and a half ago, they just checked out. They just quit coming. They just weren't interested in the standard Sabbath school lesson and Bible study. Right. Things we were talking about. So, I asked them, how about if we just don't have Sabbath school anymore? Would you come during that time and we will have a breakfast and a book club? Okay. We'll try it out for a month or two and see how that works and see if you like that better. A year and a half later, I'm still doing breakfast every week. <laughs> okay. And they've been coming 
and we've gone through a couple of books uh, that sneak in Bible concepts. Yeah, yeah. You know, concepts. And um, one has been an allegory on the Great Controversy, and another one has been the testimony and life story of Steve Arrington. I love <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh -huh. One of the kids was really interested in, in sea life and sharks and all that stuff, so I thought maybe he connected that. And, oh, yeah, they did. And see, you found a way to yeah. connect things. And that's another way, you know, find out their interests. Like we said, when you're spending time with them, that's excellent. Mm -hmm. And and also you, you brought up a good point is that if it's not working, mm -hmm. don't keep doing it. Yeah. Change it, you know? If it's, if it's yeah, oh, that, that was just that bomb today. I'm not going to keep trying. Oh, let's try it again and again and again. Yeah, you excellent. That's great. That's why you found a way to reach their heart and connect with them, and they're coming. We'll keep trying. Yes, yes. Okay, good, good, good. One here. Um, we had talked about how um, maybe not having them specifically answer a question, but let, and allow them to answer a question if they know it, they feel comfortable to answer it if they know it. But if right. Picked on answer a question that they may not feel comfortable with. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and then another thing that um, it was brought up, I think, on Monday was just, you know, when you walk in the door, they get a good reading, you know, hey, you know, hey, Trey, hey, Bobby, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, say, yeah, and I'm, reading, I, know, I feel special, I'm noticed, I'm here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that makes a world of difference. I, I have noticed when I'm really busy and I'm doing things and kids come in, you know, they're kind of like loitering and, you know, if they don't run to the couch. And um, come on in. Um, um, but, yeah, if you're there and you're smiling and good morning, happy Sabbath, then they're like, oh, you know, you can see, you can just see a difference. That's great. You guys have had some great ideas. What, yes? Quick observation. Some of mine won't talk to the door closed. Really? Yeah, because we're on hall. So yeah. Then adults are congregating out in the hall. Yeah. They have nothing to say until the door closes and then they completely change. Interesting. And you observed that. You were right. observant. Yeah. We've established a safe place. Right. But yeah. When it's, and when it's exposed to the outside, it's not safe in there. Right. Really yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. One other thing <laughs> we do just on the side is. Um, if there's, we have prayer time, and we have the kids call for prayer and write it up, and we have a distinct no spell check. So we try to take away the I can't write good or I don't spell. Yeah. Don't worry, it is. There's no spell check. You spell how it sounds good. We yeah. Do exactly what that means. Yeah. That's good. That's another observant. Yeah, another observation of what's going to hold the kids. Yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. You know, if you hear kids saying I'm not doing that or he'll do it, not me. You know, then find out what's making them uncomfortable about it. So being observant, you know, making it a safe place, that's so important. Um, and being observant so you can see what's making them uncomfortable. What's, what is it that's taking them to the panic zone? Um, we don't want them in the panic zone because they don't learn there. And if they stay right here in their little comfort place, they're not gonna learn either. So we wanna get that, you know, we need to find that balance of Pushing them a little, and so we can push them a little more without getting them out there into the, ah, I, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. You'll hear that. I don't want to be here anymore. And a lot of times if you hear, I don't want to be here anymore, I hate Sabbath school, I hate, they're not comfortable there. 
and it's not a place that they want to go to. We want it to be a place without making it, you know, like a party every week. We want them learning. That, you know, we do want them learning, right? I think we talked about that at the beginning. What are our goals for Sabbath school? So um, what's going to happen now is I invited my husband, Randy, to come in, and he teaches um, at Andrews, and he teaches in the leadership program, and he has lots and lots of ideas of how to do um, interactive lectures, or like I'll let him explain what he's going to talk to you, but he's going to just give you ideas of things you can do in your Sabbath school. All right, glad to be here, and uh, I admire you because uh, I remember I remember sitting in a meeting and my wife was sharing, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this new youth Sabbath school. And there was this big guy sitting next to her, and he goes, oh, wow, you wouldn't catch me in there. <laughs> like, like I, I'm afraid of them, right? I'm, you, you understand and uh, how that can, like, oh, man, I just don't know what's going to happen. But that's part of the joy of what you do. So um, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, start by inspiring you a little bit. Uh, I found some Ellen White quotes. We, we were talking and chatting. Uh, I'm, I'm a... I'm a big proponent of true education. You know, I want, uh, I, you know, I think the Lord has really gifted us. And uh, so I'm a big fan of the book education. And uh, so I just, there's, I think most of them are, are from education, or at least, at least one of them is, this is the first one. Uh, the use of object lessons, blackboards, maps, and pictures will be an aid in explaining these lessons and fixing them in the memory. This is uh, talking about teaching of the Bible. Uh, parents and teachers should constantly seek for improved methods. The teaching of the Bible should have our freshest thought, our best methods, and our most earnest effort, which is exactly why you're here. Because you're, you're wanting to continue to improve and get better and better. And you're already having good ideas coming out. And, and God is ca continually calling, be fresh. Don't give this the, you know, the leftover of the week. Let this be the, the real call, right? And uh, so this has inspired me to keep this a, a real focus in my life. Um, another one, uh, which is one way to really demonstrate this, is the power of enthusiasm. And I don't know if you've heard this quote before, but it's a great one from the book Education. And uh, Ellen White here tells a little bit of a story. She says, an important element in educational work is enthusiasm. On this point is a useful suggestion in a remark once made by a celebrated actor. The Archbishop of Canterbury had put to the question of why actors in a play affect their audiences so powerfully by speaking of things imaginary while ministers of the gospel often affect their so little by speaking of things real. And this is, uh, this is how, this is the punch of this. With due submission to your grace, replied the actor, permit me to say that the reason is plain. It lies in the power of enthusiasm. We on the stage speak of things imaginary as if they were real. And you in the pulpit speak of things real as if they were imaginary. So what this does to me is this says, 
I, I, I just, when I pray, I try to envision talking with the king of the universe rather than saying, and I want you to do this for me and I want you to do this for me and please do this and do this. Like, that's not, I just, like I cringe as I start to talk with God, right? As I envision that and because it's real and he is real and the things that we teach are real. And uh, so this is one of those things to remember the things that, you know, the Sabbath school lessons, if you're following those, are real. I mean, these are real things. And, uh, and so thinking about that and how much time actors put into their work making it real and how often we don't put in that time. Okay, so now, now I want to bring you out with this closer, which is a really good one. Often it will seem to the teacher that the Word of God has little effect in the minds and the hearts of many students. But if his work has been wrought in God, some lessons of divine truth will linger in the memory of the most careless. Have you ever wondered that? Right? As, you're, as, you, as you watch and you see them struggling to stay awake and their posture is, uh, is ruining their spinal cord, you know, I mean, uh, it, you're like, is it ever going to make a difference? And, and, and she says, but if... His work has been wrought in God. The Holy, if the Holy Spirit is, if you've invited that Holy Spirit, you're combining the divine with the human, right? This human effort and the divine effort, it will linger in the memory of the most careless. The last sentence, the Holy Spirit will water the seed and it will spring up after many days and bear fruit to the glory of God. Amen. So I hope that brings you some hope, right? This is good. All right, so what we want to cover now in the next uh, 10 minutes, and uh, so I want to do two things. I want to share with you some highlights of some pieces so we don't have a lot of time to get into the details, um, but I'll go through a few slides that will introduce some terms to you, and uh, uh, we can make the slides available. Uh, Brenda at sdamail.org if you want to email Brenda um, and she will get the slides to you. We'll, we'll mention that again. We'll make PDFs and we'll make them available for you. But uh, So I want to go through some slides talking about how to, how to deal with groups. So uh, many times uh, when we work one-on-one, -on -one, we're used to that or even working in small groups. Once the groups start to get a little larger, it's really helpful to have some strategies to do that. And so I'm not really sure what everyone's size groups are, but hopefully these principles will be able to uh, scale to the size group that you have. The second thing I want to do, and so I want to do about 10 minutes, so I'm going to go through kind of quickly, but then we're going to slow down and we're going to stop and, and we're going to just process what has happened over the last four days what maybe even if you just want to focus on you know what we talked about today or even if you want to go beyond that and we're going to we're going to help you process that a little bit and 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 then that will be an illustration of how you can help your young people process uh, at the end of a lesson okay so we'll 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 close up with that so if i get past uh 20 after then somebody needs to give me the you know 
Some 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 good some good some some good some good sign. Yeah, she's she's good at that. Yeah, let it go. All right. So um, so in um, when we get into a, a lot have a larger group like this, and you're doing a small group work, and then we then we have things come together. Um, sometimes we recommend, of course, a lot of variety, but you can do group presentations. So if you have a, a, a a youth group that's large enough to be able to have those, you know, break out into groups. And I probably, if you could go uh, six, that's where you could start to do that because you could have groups of two, groups of two, groups of two. And then you could say, okay, we want you to present what you found as a group. And so you can do uh, structured. By structured, meaning you can give parameters. It's, we want you to do it this way. So for example, one way to do it would be to say, we want you to strike a pose and not say any words and have the pose that you two do um, tell the story of what you, what you came up with in your group. Okay, So rather than using words, we start to push all the different types of dimensions. Of, of physical representation. So they may be, you know, they may get in like a fighting position or a caring position or they might, and then people have to kind of guess. And so it gives a, a creative, it helps to use a variety of talents where people might be really good with words. And now all of a sudden you put them off balance a little bit because they can't use those those good verbal skills they developed, and somebody else is really good kinesthetically, and they, they observe, and so they can see that. So it helps to bring uh, uh, some of the highlights. So, or you can break up into groups and then have one individual, like uh, what Brenda did here, uh, and then had kind of one individual report from each group. And uh, if you're looking to dig, you can ask for clarification, you can ask for evidence. So what brings you to that conclusion? Um, you can ask simple questions like, what makes you think that? Or can you give an example from your experience? And, and, and then you can pick up on a, maybe a word or phrase. Well, when you said that, what did you mean by this? Uh, because often we'll speak in generalities and we'll think people understand us, but that doesn't always happen. So this is a way to, to dig just, uh, just some uh, questions to help you dig a little deeper. Um, also, and this is when you're doing some group processing, um, one thing good to do is to demonstrate active listening. So as, as a group is reporting or someone is sharing, uh, to go, you know, the active listening technique of, of repeating back to them, that that's a really good strategy to help model uh, really helping them to learn to listen and, and to listen so well that they could actually repeat it back. Rather than, you know how you get in those conversations where you're, you're really not listening because you're trying to form what you're going to say to rebut what they're saying, and you're really not listening? So this really, when you're doing that intentionally, it helps you avoid that sort of one against another and, and really uh, to find uh, some common ground. Uh, demonstrating how to honor uh, others. And you know, youth can often, you know, struggle with how they can honor or show respect to others. That's not something they've always learned real well. But one thing you want to do is to be able to model that, right? And how you treat people and how you say things. And so uh, you want to be able to, as best you can, try to model how to give 
even if even if someone is doing something inappropriate, how do you how do you address it in a way that's respectful, right? And that's a challenge for us when if we don't have those skills to to find a way to grab those and gain those so that we can model those kinds of things, and uh, not to not to approve the bad behavior, but to address it, but in a, in a way that still honors. So you can, uh, there's a few more questions there too. So uh, another thing that uh, is often good, which I think probably was talked about in here before I came, but I like to think about ways in which to get things moving. So if we had a little bit more time. So in fact, why don't you just stand up for a moment? And uh, that will just get a little blood flowing and we could do, so what we could do is we could have you, you know, go from one side of the room to the other, those people who think this, polar opposite over here. Uh, I love a masking tape in the room. I love masking tape on the floor. And when you put masking tape on the floor, it's a clear line. And so some people, you know, they just straddle. And so here's what not to say. Don't do that. You have to choose one. Don't, you don't have to do that. Because you can validate what they're doing. So what, what, what brings you here? Why are you here? And so that's a way of continually keeping that safe place and validating that. Thank you. You can have a seat. Or you can stay standing. That's fine, too. Um, so I like to do sides of the room. I like to do corners where you have people who go in four corners. Uh, I'll, 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 sh I'll just share with you a little illustration of this. I was over in Europe and we were teaching a master's in leadership there and I was helping them learn some of these strategies as leaders of our church, the Seventh Adventist Church in, uh, in, uh, in a, a section of Europe, trans-European division. And uh, because they, they often fall into what we do and it's lecturing and so I'm trying to help them learn the, uh, some strategies of how to move out of that. And so we were illustrating that by uh, giving a person a color and having them choose which color that they feel best represents them. And so I said, okay, so we had someone who one of the class members was, was practicing it. And so uh, she said, okay, so all those who like red come over to this corner. All those who like green go to this corner. All those who like blue go to this corner. And all those who think black best represents them go to this corner. And so they, they all started, stood up, and they moved to different corners. Okay, so, and I said, thank you to the person. You did what you're supposed to do. You can debrief it like you would normally do. And I said, everyone can sit down. And when I said that, I saw people over in the corner. They're like, well, like, we're not going to debrief this thing? Because I, I chose blue, and I really wanted to say why I chose blue. It, it was like, it was just a random, like, blue. I mean, how can you, like... Yeah, I chose blue because, and what, what, what it sort of illustrated to me was just something so random, but all of a sudden there's some camaraderie. Hey, we're blue people, all right? You know, there's a bonding that goes on. And that happens instantly. It happens very quickly. So if you want people to start to f try to find similarities that are not their common similarities, right? So, um, you know, I'll... I'm probably not the one to ask how to figure out what those things are, but if you're trying to mix up your group, um, you know, born, uh, you know, during the spring or fall or something, you know, find ways of helping to break, break up those clicks sometimes that you can get 
and get a, a new mixture going. So, um, and lines, I love lines because they'll put in a, a continuum. Uh, I used to do this when I was breaking up into uh, groups in a technology class I was teaching. So I'd say, okay, if, if when you get together and, and, and you get together with your techies, and if they say, wow, you're the techie of the techies, okay, stand here. And if you heard of a cell phone, but you've never owned one or used one, go down here, right? So then everybody get into a line and everybody, so they would get into this continuum and then we would like do different things with that. Oh yeah, okay, good, good. So there's things like that. And circles, circles is a good one. Um, you have everybody get into a large circle and then uh, you stand in the middle of the circle and you say, uh, if you're comfortable with this, uh, like uh, conflict, if you're comfortable with conflict, walk towards me. And if you're not comfortable with conflict, stay back. And then everybody starts moving. And as they move, they're giving a public representation of what they're thinking, right? And so it gives them power and influence over the group. So, and then and people like that. That's a, that's a comforting thing to be able to do that. But it's also a safe place to do it. Okay, and then now that we've done that, now what if, what if you change it a little bit and say, what if, what, how about conflict with your parents? Are you more or less comfortable than general conflict? And then so people start to move a little bit. Like if someone would move back and some were like, yeah, come right up here. I'm all right with that, you know? And so, yeah, so but, and, then, and then, so you, then you can talk about whatever that idea is. And then that gives people the ability to talk and they also see other people. And other people stay back and they're okay. Okay, there's other people like me. And other people go forward. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we could. Let's get it on, right? You know, so uh, or whatever that idea is, and and then it also and it also everybody sees everybody. And so it was the first time I I, I saw this several weeks ago. It was the first time I'd saw it, and uh, I thought, oh, that's a that's a really effective technique. So that was circles. Um, another thing I would do is turn you to cooperative learning strategies. Uh, you can just hit Google and do cooperative learning, and they have lots of different resources on cooperative learning. This is primarily focused on schools, so uh, young people, you know, the age group is about right. Uh, sometimes uh, I find when I read through these things, uh, you know, in schools there's that leveraging power of grades and accountability where you're really not trying to use that, right? You're not, you don't have that leverage and you really don't want that leverage. You want them to want to be there. Uh, but, you know, there's jigsaws where, you know, you have groups like this and then we'd take one person from each group and we'd bring them over here and they would read a certain article and sit around table. And so you'd like number off like one through four and then all the ones would go here, all the twos would go here, threes would go there, fours would go there. And then they would study something and then they would go back to their, you know, to their groups and, and then they would um, uh, then teach their group what they learned in their, so this is like a jigsaw where you kind of separate become an expert, and then come back and bring that expertise to your group. So there's, there's lots of different things. Uh, having group roles, if you have groups that stay, you can have uh, uh, roles and that group roles helps to 
uh, people to feel part of a group, uh, connecting to previous knowledge when you're working and, and bringing a new lesson. One of the things is trying to connect. So is anyone, is anyone a teacher who teaches uh, and has taught? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, all right, so cooperative learning, you've probably heard of that before. And so that would be some previous knowledge you can connect to. Um, if others have been, oh, by the way, this, this uh, cooperative learning works really well thinking about this comfort zone, learning zone, panic zone. And I really, in, I, I like the idea of sharing that model with the people that I'm working with because it helps them recognize that there may be some things that are gonna push you out of your comfort zone that I'm gonna do uh, when we have you know, time and we process those things. But uh, we also want to recognize that we don't want you to get you to panic zone. So if we're doing something and you get to panic zone, like, you know, give me a signal, like, you know, time out or whatever, and, and then I'll know you're in panic zone and you can just totally back out and I'm good. Because we never intended to get you to panic. We do want you to get you to learning, right? All right, so KWL, what did you know? What do you want to know? What have you learned? And T-charts. T-charts are, are something that are really interesting. I'll just uh, um, sort of uh, close up this sort of this uh, quick um, uh, barrage of ideas. And so often we talk about things that are not in the spiritual realm, but they're not tangible. So when we say grace, so what does grace really look like? So we could, we could then take time in your groups to say, Okay, tell us what, what, it, what does it look like and what does it sound like? If grace is happening right around you, what does it look like and what does it sound like? We're trying to make ideas, okay, or concepts tangible and then what might it feel like as well. So those are just some, some different things, little tips you can do uh, to help kind of bring some, some variety. Uh, here's some other places I would suggest to go to. To see the big picture, I would suggest chapter one of the book Education. Uh, to get some real teaching, good teaching strategies, I would jump over to uh, chapter 26, Methods of Teaching. Um, and if you're looking to see the different variety of talents that people could have, that you could, that you could help honor the multiplicity of talents, rather than just always talking, uh, you can go over to uh, Howard Gardner's work on multiple intelligences. And uh, you can always go to Google and search cooperative learning. Okay, so I want to close now with uh, a, a, uh, an experience I call, so what? So what? Okay, and, and so uh, we'll just do it, and then hopefully you will get the principles out of this. The whole idea is now that, so we have... We have nine more minutes, and then this whole session is all done. It's all over. And what would be a shame is for you to have thought inside of this room, wow, that would be really powerful. And then when you walk out of the room, the whirlwind of life takes all those post-it notes in your brain, and it, and, it, and it blows them all away, and the stickiness is gone, and it's not sticking anymore. 
So what I want to do is give you an opportunity to do just that, to try to get it to stick. Consider what you've learned. So it might be today, it might be this whole session, or maybe even something outside of here, but something you don't want to miss. What have you learned? Just take some time to consider that, and then, then we'll pass out some paper, and we'll get you to take time to write some things down. So take five or seven minutes and, and just think about this. And then what we want you to do is, is share, okay? Is share to a person next to you, uh, in your group, um, or, and we probably won't have time, but uh, maybe we can do some, uh, some debriefing. So the question is, what will we be different? Now that you've learned this, what's going to be different? And then how will it be different? You can think about those two questions. Take some time, think about what are the high points, how do you want to put that into your life, and, and then write something down. Thinking about it, writing it down will help put it into a different part of your brain, and then telling somebody else will put it into another part of your brain. That's going to make it less likely that you're going to forget and more likely that, that what has happened here is actually going to be a blessing. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have, uh, we have just one more minute left, and we'd like to uh, close with prayer. Uh, I just, in thinking about this, this short little process that we did um, if because often we learn things but one of the biggest things one of the biggest challenges is taking the things that we've learned and get operationalizing them into our life and this is a step towards that I mean it's not a cure-all but it's a step towards it and uh, so I would encourage you to think about how to, to systematize something like this towards the end, you know, get it into the way you practice. Okay, everybody, let's do our closing thing where we all think or whatever and, and try to think of some way to do that. Um, the other thing I would suggest too is that you do public, whatever you do, do it public because otherwise you're running around ask, answering questions a lot. How many of you, after we got started and after I gave the instructions, looked back up here to see what that was? Yeah, so quite a few I saw. So that's, that's the point. It's, a, it's a really helpful for people, and they feel more comfortable when those are public instructions. So whether it's written on the board or a projector, just to make that note. Thank you for uh, putting up with uh, the guest lecturer uh, and, uh, and, and my dear wife. So I'll close us with prayer. Lord, thank you for the calling, the high calling to work with youth. And I thank you that you have put it on the hearts of these uh, people to share the love of Jesus with a group that is often misunderstood. And even though, Lord, we have walked through that process ourselves, uh, there's still something on the other side of that, that that seems like we know so much better now, and that attitude is often not very well accepted by the youth. And so we just pray for a heart to be able to hear their heart and, and get them uh, in a way that's deeper than their surface words and surface behavior. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. You have been so faithful. Uh, and so we can have confidence that you will lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.